y'all so good evening good evening good evening it is i jared aka jrusd your host of a little tea time and your favorite published author's favorite published author um it is wednesday happy hump day to everybody um it is the 19th so if you did not file your taxes yesterday you are officially past the deadline unless you got those extensions um i am excited about tonight's show I am waiting for my guest to jump online so we can bring him in. But in the meantime and in between time, I just want to send everybody some love out there who are watching tonight's show. Please like, comment, and share. And subscribe to my page if you are not following me on Facebook. Um, for other people who can tune in and they can also watch a little tea time. Um, I'm also accepting stars now. So if y'all see the star icon up there, please. Feel free to send stars if you are a fan of A Little Tea Time via Facebook Live. Um, and thank y'all for everyone who supports the show. Just grateful to be here tonight with y'all. Grateful for tonight's guest who's um, I'm still waiting to come in. So, when he gets here, y'all will have the opportunity to meet tonight's guest. Um, how's everybody feeling? I hope everyone's having a great day. How is the weather where y'all are? Um, I hope that the weather is great where y'all are as well and um yeah it's a great day great day thank you to my viewers and my subscribers who are coming in thank y'all for coming in i see that my guest is on so i'm about to introduce him before i bring him in um i met my guest tonight through mr james joffey's um james joffey's um, I'm about to say the self-publishing workshop. That's what I do. It through James Joffrey's acting workshop. Um, he is a great, great guy um, who has been doing some great things. So I am excited to get him in here. So Mr. Matthew Hasso, if you are ready, Mr. Matthew, I'm about to bring you in. And we're going to get you in for a little tea time. I'm gonna bring him in. Hey, Matthew, send me a request to join the live and I can get you in here. 
if you're still out there for me, Matthew. Just send me a request to join the live. Thank you to everybody coming in. Thank you. Thank you to everybody who's joining the live. Thank y'all for everybody who's tuning into tonight's show. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank y'all so much for everybody tuning in. Miss Taisha Davis, thank you for coming in. I see you out there. Miss Odax Ambi, thank you for coming in. I appreciate y'all for tuning in tonight. How do I do that? Go to your um the bottom of the screen. Request. Go to the bottom of your screen and see if it would let you add um see if it would send you um send if there's a icon that would let you be added to my live. Matthew, I see you out there. You're trying to get in here. Okay, he says you don't see it. Okay, I got you, Matthew. We're going to work this out. We're going to work it out. Okay, let me see. Link. That's not what I need. Matthew, are you still there? Are you tuning in right now? I would need like a camera icon or something that shows that you're up there. Okay, I see your camera icon. There you go. All right, I thank you. Thank you for all of your patience to everyone at home who. Well, apparently you can't do this through your computer. <laughs> Good evening. Welcome. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. I am well. Thank you, and welcome to a little tea time. Great to have you here. Great to have you here, Mr. Hoffa. Just Matthew's fine, but yes. Thank you for having okay. me. I feel like my hair doesn't look that bad. So, we're going to dive in. Matthew, I met you, as I was telling everyone in the introduction, I met you in James Joppy's acting workshop, right? Yeah, I think it was like one of those, he had written a script that needed a bunch of people to read it. 
So yes. Oh, like, it was a cold read. It was a cold, was a cold read, read or something like that. And we read all the different parts. And I think it was only like six people showed up. So I think I played like an old man, a baby, a kid. So yeah, it was just one of those cold reads. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was fun. I had a great time. And that kind of transitioned me into the, taking his actual workshop. So. Well, I think it was, it was weird for me because it was mid-COVID. So I had never done anything like that on Zoom before. So it was like, oh, okay, let's do this. <laughs> yes, yes, I had a great time. It was so fantastic to meet you guys. So now here we are later, and you're on here on a little tea time. Um, I'm gonna dive into your interview because I know that you've been working on some projects and things that I just wanted to fill people in on because I see that you're doing such fantastic work. So yeah. we're just gonna. Jump in. I know that you are a freelance writer. Yes, I am a, a well, I, I don't like saying like I'm some big professional. Um, I have been a writer for most of my life, and um, probably within the, it was about back in August, I had kind of given up on the dream of writing comic books, and there was a um, I'm really involved in my church, and we do the VBS every summer. And last summer, we did superheroes, so I had looked up a lot of Christian superhero comics. And because of that, I just, this one Christian superhero comic company was looking for writers. And I applied, and then the guy liked my work, and I really liked the characters, and I went a little nuts and just wrote a bunch of stuff for him. And, uh, yeah, that that's... That, that's almost like just pure overexcitement and having a lot of time to write. <laughs> I got this this gig working for me. Okay, like that. So, um, tell the viewers a little bit more about yourself. Um, let's see. I I live in Houston, Texas. Uh, I am I. I've adopted Texas as my home state. I was a military brat before, so before second grade, I went to about 10 different elementary schools, lived in about eight different cities. But for when I was eight years old, we settled in San Antonio, Texas. My dad got out of the military, and then it just kind of has become my state. Um, but even at that time, I was writing comics. I'm in high school when Image Comics comes out. so the dream of being a comic book person was really kind of what I thought I was going to do all through high school. And then reality and life kicked in. And I always kind of had the writer thing in my mind, but I never really did it. Um, the, the thing with writers and comics is it's very hard to get into comics as a writer because as an artist, you can hand something to your portfolio and they can flip through it and go, this is good, we'll hire you, or this sucks, go work on it, come back in a year. But as a writer, it's very hard to be like, hey, spend 30 minutes reading my script. Um, so I had applied a couple different times at different places. Actually, stupidly, I got offered a job in comics in my early 20s. And because the title they offered me I didn't like, I turned the job down. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I just was like, you should have just taken that job and, and, and then see where it would have taken you. And it was, 
It was so like to look back now and go like that was that was so dumb. But at the same time, quickly after that, my life completely changed because I became a father, and I probably wouldn't have been able to stick with it anyway. Um, but then as a writer, I continued kind of writing, had a couple really close brushes with getting involved in the comic book industry. And then when I was about 27, 28 years old, so that's about 2000-ish, um, digital cameras came out and started becoming really easy to get a hold of. And then I was working in a retail store for computers. And I movie had just come out for the Mac. So mm-hmm. now instead of having to wait for an artist or find an artist, I could write something and then I could make a movie. And I would edit the movies at my work. And then um, I got a job with Apple. And when I got that job with Apple, they gave me all the new, really cool stuff. So I continued doing that. So I would shoot movies on the weekends go to work and to sell the products like Final Cut to edit, DVD Studio Pro to make DVDs, all these programs to make movies, I would edit my own films at work to demonstrate the software. And Great work. <laughs> so um, because of that, some guy in San Antonio was starting a film group and he was one of my customers for Apple and came to my work one day and was like hey we're starting this thing do you want to be a part of it and that kind of really kicked into high gear the idea of doing film a little more seriously and i did that through my early 30s and then um and then yeah then i i did my midlife crisis wrong i got married and had more children so i um my kids are about let's see I don't know. Do I want to reveal how old I am and how old my kids are? I think I've already given a hint. <laughs> We've done the job of giving the hint. Really good. Yeah. Um, my so my oldest is 26, and then I have a stepdaughter that is about to be 17. She's 16, and then my wife and I together have a son that's 10, and a little girl that's four. So again, didn't buy the Corvette, got married, and had more kids. So I'm I'm never gonna have grandchildren. And I will always be a parent. <laughs> well, congrats on your family and congratulations on all of your success. Um, I also know from your notes that you also did little film work that you were also just talking about from 2005 through 2009. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I was doing the little thing was called short ends. I did a lot of short films. And what they did is it was, a, it was actually a very interesting formula. So, for anybody who doesn't know what the 48-hour film project is, what it is is they, like, Friday night at 7 o'clock, they get a bunch of people together, they give you a genre of film, number of characters, a line that has to be said, and then you have two days to go shoot a short film, edit it, complete it, and bring it back Sunday night. At and what these guys did with short ends is they did that, took that formula, but did it, like, quarterly. So they would, the writer would come together, they'd give them that information, they'd have a month to write the script, they'd come back, directors would read their scripts, like pick names out of a hat, get their script, read the script, and then an hour later, actors would show up, they would cast their thing and go shoot it, and then they had three months to finish it. And then once the movies were done, they would rent out like a theater and show these short films. Now, of course, this is long before YouTube, this is 2002, 2003-ish. 
So the internet isn't the big mecca of everybody can throw their crap online. So it became like every three or four months was this big event that we would go. And because of that, in the span of three years, I worked on about 16 different short films, as well as um, the films I was doing myself. So it was like a lot of editing, a lot of learning how to sound, how like the rules of filmmaking, what not to do, what to do, and and the, the weird kind of side effect of that situation was that I, if I may toot my own horn, actually got to be a decent actor. <laughs> and and then after and then through all that, because it was like this film thing, everybody else was like, I'm going to make this dramatic film, or I'm going to make this really cool artsy film. And I'm like, no, I'm doing a martial arts movie. Or no, I'm doing a hitman movie. Or hey, this is a comic book movie. I'm gonna make it. And so I would always get chastised by the the guy who was running it, like, dude, do a drama, do a drama. And the one time I actually did a drama, I won that round. So it was like it wasn't that I was a bad filmmaker. Is that nobody cared about my martial arts hitman, whatever the heck I was doing. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So then ultimately. When I got married, and I kind of gave that up, and I would do a little bit here and there, but it wasn't until probably five or six years ago that I finally got to the point where personally I was making enough money that I could pay somebody to draw my comics. So I tried that, but um, I did not want to self-publish. I wanted to pitch it to another company and see if they would publish it for me because I didn't want to have to do the convention thing or the Kickstarter thing. And um, unfortunately, nobody picked up the title. <laughs> so I ended up going, okay, well, that was a nice try, and I left it alone. So I was pretty much, at that point, I'm 44, and I'm like, that's it. Like, it's, it's done. Like, I wasn't mad, but I was like, I tried everything. Comic books are just never going to happen. It's okay. Uh, you know, I have a great life, whatever. And then, like I said, last August, I saw that thing, and I was like, what's it going to hurt? What's it going to hurt just to put it out there? And I'm so glad I did because I did that, got that job, and then a month later, somebody who I had been talking to for three or four years in the industry messaged me and was like, hey, I need a writer for this thing. Will you write it? And I'm like, sure, no problem. And then a month after that, another guy who I talked to was like, hey, so now it's it's like out of nowhere. Within like four months, I got three different offers from three different comic companies to do freelance stuff. Now it's all super low indie, but it was just interesting that out of the blue suddenly now. So never give up on your dreams. Even if you're on 150, never give up on your dreams. <laughs> we'll save more of that for later. Um, with your with your advice, but I I do have to say this, Mr. Stan Lee, one of the greats. He also started in comics, and people doubted him for a minute too. And I will tell you this: it's never too late with comics. If Stan Lee did it, you can do it. So I want to encourage you to keep going. Oh, I'm I'm not stopping now. Like I'm having fun. Honestly, I'm having a lot of fun. Um, so go ahead. Go ahead. 
No, you go, because I'll just blab on because I've been drinking coffee for the past hour. <laughs> I know it's tea time, but I can't do tea. I have to do my – here, I'm going to pimp my, my coffee cup. I see that. See that. So what you was just saying about fun is a great segue to the next question. When you are not working, what do you do for fun? One more time, I'm sorry? When you're not working, what do you do for fun? Um – I've been doing martial arts since I was a kid, but like even more of a passion than that is like, I love movies. Like I love to watch movies. Um, it's interesting now that like, so I was a heathen before and you know, didn't really pay attention to the kind of media I was introducing to my oldest kid when she was little, cause I was only 20. And I was like, hey, if I'm watching this R-rated horrible film and you're sitting next to me, you're watching this R-rated movie with me. Now that I'm older, and they're like, you know, I should probably pull that back a little. Even though I did watch John Wick with my 10-year-old the other day, but that's because he really asked. <laughs> and there's no nudity, but whatever. Um, no, I, I, I really like movies. I have always been a big movie person. My dad, similar to me, he was a young dad. He was 21 when I was born. So I can remember going to see Star Wars in the movie theater. I remember going, like, we went to the drive-in all the time. Like, it was, and then, like, like I think the coolest, the, one of the, like, most kinetic I ever saw my father was when we finally could afford a VCR and watching him, him like, buy it and install it on the television. And, and, and like, it, and after that, it was, like, every single weekend we were renting movies and watching different films and uh, so that's always been a big part of my life so it's weird in a way to sometimes watch a movie with him and him go like wow i bet you doing fight scenes is rough and i'm like yeah yeah dad that is because i've done that <laughs> that is rough <laughs> so your big movie buff what is your favorite film my favorite movie of all time is enter the dragon oh bruce lee Bruce Lee is my just like hero through and through life and martial arts. Classic, classic, absolutely classic. Uh, so what inspired you to develop your idea to be a comic artist? Oh, writer, writer, writer. My art is horrible. <laughs> um, I think as a kid, I had attempted to write novels and I didn't want to like novels are a different kind of thing because novels yes. you have to be like as he put his foot on the grass it buckled lightly under his as those cool breeze I'm like nope I don't care about that crap uh, so <laughs> <laughs> I tried like three or four times to write a book and I was like I can't do that. I cannot sit here and describe everything so comics were an interesting medium of like, I can just write the dialogue, I can write the action, and somebody else can draw it. And I was just really kind of drawn to that. Um, again, my dad being younger, comics were, you know, this is late 70s, early 80s when I was really young. And it's like, you know, my dad was not one of those dads like, no, no, don't read comics, comics for kids. Like, dad, my dad was like, no, here's these Batman books, and here's, here's this comic, and here's this cartoon. So they become like my heroes, my archetypes as a child. And it's kind of weird to think about like, everybody thinks like there's this big comic book movie boom now, 
But when I was a kid, Super Friends was on all the time. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. So there was still cartoons. That were, now, the quality of those things now, when you look back, was kind of questionable. But they were there, there all the time. So once being a writer came in, it was like, I can create my own things and, and have fun with that. And that was really kind of what started that love of writing comics and doing Super Friends. Okay, so what is your favorite comic that was adapted into a film? Uh, my favorite comic that was adapted into a film? Huh. Uh, it's kind of hard to say because some of my favorite comics haven't hit yet, but I would probably say, hmm, to match it up to a comic, I would probably say the first Hellboy movie is the most like they just made the comic book into a movie. You know, like 300 probably is up there as well because if you get that comic and just flip through it, it's the movie. Now they added a lot of stuff, but it is the movie. But same with Hellboy, like, like never has with Ron Perlman playing Hellboy, have I ever seen like the personification and perfection of what that character was in the book is now in the movie. You know, not knocking Hugh Jackman or Robert Downey Jr. or any of those guys, but when you're talking like the specifics of this is the comic and this is the movie, Hellboy. Hellboy definitely. And Hellboy was good Hellboy, too. They were both was very totally a Del Toro movie, but very, very good. <laughs> I enjoyed them both. So you are definitely on to something with Hellboy. I would say for me, I'm a big Spider-Man book. Um, also, Batman is one of my favorites. Batman is my favorite. Like, I have all of the Batman films because I, I fell in love with the details and the graphics and the action and all that it came with just seeing how they bought those comics to life. Because I didn't get to grow up in the comic yeah. era. So to be a kid and being in the film era, those were the things that I immediately drew to. But to now be sitting with someone who got to be around during the comic era, it's like, I wish, I wish. And then those comics are like super dope and they make a lot of money and they're worth a lot more money. Well, and, and see, I, I like a lot of the Batman movies, but I think there's one big ingredient that's missing from Batman or the Batman okay. character in live action, and that's this. Can we curse on here? Okay. No, nothing is cooler than watching Batman be a dick to the Justice League. And we haven't gotten that yet. Just because they haven't been able to have a Batman long enough. But like to see like Christian Bale's Batman look at a Superman and go, you know, Superman be like, hey, Batman, thanks for helping me. And him go, you know, I couldn't have done this without you. And Batman go, I'm aware of that. And then just leave. Like, you don't get that in the live action. You know, Ben Affleck's Batman, even though he was in the Justice League, he was an old guy and he was just angry. And I don't want to get how horrible those movies were written. But you don't get that aspect of Batman where he just has this, like, you know, the Justice League cartoon from the early 2000s was perfection. The whole, they do the team, they all join together, and then they're like, hey, we're all team now, and Batman's like, I'm a part-timer. If you need my help, and you will, call me. And then he just leaves. 
Like we don't, we haven't seen that in live action with Batman yet. That's that's what I want to see is him just being a prick to everybody else. <laughs> I gotta ask this because my uncle is watching. I got a shout out to my unk. My unk is a Superman fan, and I am the Batman. So when the Superman Batman film came out, I was Team Batman. My uncle was Team Superman. I gotta ask you, when the Batman Superman film came out, were you Team Batman or were you Team Superman? Um, I think I was team. I hope this is good. <laughs> and I, I left team someone. What happened in this movie? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, here, I, let, let the flow hate. I, I could not stand that movie. That movie, to me, Batman versus Superman is nearly as bad as Batman and Robin. Like, it is the worst comic book movie probably of all time, in my opinion. And I think a lot of it has to do with how good that, that movie could have been, yes. but somebody had never read a comic book before and wrote what they thought was... I, I, like, um, the movie that he had done before that, besides Man of Steel, before Man of Steel, Zack Snyder had done The Watchmen. And I think he should have just stuck with those heroes. The fact that he tried to give this dark and gritty and jaded view to all the DC characters, like, it just kind of was like, what? Why? Like, I got, like, Man of Steel wasn't a bad movie, but by the end, I was like, cool, now in the next film, he's going to be Superman. And then mm -hmm. instead, he was just a baby who cried and, you know, it was... It, now I'm really gonna get it, <laughs> but yeah, I I did not like that movie at all. Yeah, I enjoyed it because I was just seeing Batman just to see who was gonna beat who. Yeah, and so when I saw who beat who, it was like okay, my prediction was right for me. I got what I needed. Uh, I think it's sad because I think all those actors were perfectly cast. Like was. Like Ben Affleck, on paper was perfect. I even like back when Batman and Robin had come out and started going to like, hey, they're probably gonna reboot this. I was like, dude, if I did a Batman movie, I would cast Ben Affleck as Batman. Like Ben Affleck as Batman is is great. Henry Cavill oh. as Superman, fantastic. Um, we'll just stop there. Well, Jeremy yeah. Irons is Alfred. Jeremy Irons is always awesome. So yeah, but um. But yeah, that that was yeah. Did I answer that question horribly? <laughs> no, you answered it. You answered it. Um, we're gonna jump into the next question. What challenges did you overcome on your journey as a comic writer? You know, I think for me, um, I never thought I would get a job doing it that way. Like the idea of being a freelance writer, I always just wanted to do my own thing, and I think sometimes. You know, I'm trying to, like, it's a horrible example, but I think it's completely true. Transformers 3 movie, when he's trying to get a job, and he keeps, like, turning down these jobs, and he's with uh, John Malkovich, and he's about to say, hey, da -da, and John Malkovich is like, look, this is the job between you and the job you want. You need to, to take this job. And then you can get the job you want. And I think for me, I kept trying to push that, let me do my own thing. And it was like, 
going back to like writers and comics, Robert Kirkman, the guy who created Walking Dead, the guy who created Invincible, the way he got hired by Image is that he would sell publishing his own comic online and they liked it and they hired him. Mark Silvestri has hired writers this way. So I just had to kind of in my mind, like, you know what, let me just do this freelance. Let me write other people's stuff and then it might lead to more, maybe not. I'm I'm also very lucky in that the job I have, that's my real job, affords me the luxury of I don't have to do it for money. Mm-hmm. So now I can give it the time and the passion to write the best thing I can and not worry about I've got to crank this out or I've got to get this done as quickly as possible. And that really uh, that really helps kind of get like, okay, let me find out who these characters are. And, and I don't have to build a world, especially with the, the Grot comics as the one that you kind of found. It was like somebody else had already created the world. Somebody else had already created these characters. And it was just a matter of like, hey, let me run with this guy with this story. And then let me do this. Let me do that. And I was very fortunate in that Bill, the guy who owns the company, was um, was just so happy to let me find him. Oh, I have a question. So who's Odax? Uh, that's that's one of my viewers. That's my sister. She's asking, what comics have you run? Um, so nothing that's been published yet, because I just got the job in August. But there are three of my scripts that are in the coloring phase. No, I'm sorry, two are in the coloring phase. One is in the lettering phase. If you really want to read my stuff, I can send you the link. Is the the book I tried to self-publish is in, it's not color, but it's black and white and it's lettered. There's two issues of it. If you go to Pharaoh Comics, so www.facebook.com slash group slash Pharaoh Comics, I think is what it is. Let me verify that as I awkwardly do this. No, I'm sorry. Facebook.com slash Pharaoh Comics, F-E-R-R-O Comics. You can read the first two issues of a comic I created called Sector. Um, and then, but then there's another comic that I'm currently writing. I did the third issue for it's called uh, Blue Jay for Aspire Comics. They're out there on Facebook. I can only say that I'm working on a, a series for Apogee Comics, but I can't reveal the name of the character or the title yet because it hasn't been made public. Um, but for Grot Comics, I've written a lot of their stuff. Their main flagship title is called The Remnants. Number four is about to come out, and about three months, number five will come out, and that's one of my scripts. The secret files number five is on a, is about to come out. There's stuff in there, so it's like all over Grot Comics. Over the next year, I'll be everywhere, so I'll keep you guys posted, and I'll tell you when you guys can go look at stuff. Okay, and she also put post links. I will share with my lady friends, boys. Roger that. Sounds good. I will definitely do that. Yeah, and definitely send them to me, and I can also oh. share them, too. Yeah, of course. Of course. And I also had to say this, because I know, like, you said that you're a comic writer. And comic writing versus being just a regular writer, it's very different. Um, I also understand why you are not a um, a published author, because that is a total different world. Having to write books, that is the most complicated thing 
it's to do. Yeah. And, and the thing for me personally, and I think this kind of likely gets into the whole like owning your own company is like, you know, I'm married, I have a little kid. Like I said, my, a majority of my time is spent with them, whether it's carting them through dance classes or spending time with them on the weekends when we have time or church or whatever. So the idea of on top of having, you know, having a full-time job and then being mm -hmm. that, and then, you know, it sounds weird, but I also like to spend time with my wife. <laughs> I mean, I know it's weird. Like, what did I marry this woman for? She's not a broodmare. Like, I want to actually hang out with her and party with her. So you just get to that point where there is literally no time for me to run a business. So mm -hmm. to be able to write for somebody else and let them handle that has been a lot of fun because I can do the thing I love and not get involved with the things I hate. Even though I did offer to help him a lot with the Grok comic stuff, and I am now, not only am I a freelance writer, but I am the story editor for the comic book company. Wow. I help him navigate where things are going. I work with the other writers and make sure like the things they're doing are on point with the overarching story of the thing. And also that they're doing within, you know, because it's, it's a Christian comic. The, the website's Tribulation Task Force. So when you send me a script of a dude cursing and killing a bunch of people, you missed the mark. That's not what this is for. <laughs> so going, going through some of these things and like, hey, they don't curse. Or, hey, I know you like this character, but that's not his power set. It's, it's really fun and interesting. And then also to talk to Bill, the owner, and say like, hey, I know you want to do these things, but you also have to tell these writers what to do because writers like me, like when they're enthusiastic, they'll just keep writing scripts and it's cool, except now we have 30 scripts and none of them are right are going toward the goal you want. So it was, it's been fun doing that as well and kind of helping him control the narrative of the, the, the universe. All right. Okay. So why you were moving around, I saw that you had some, um, some figures on a shelf were those action figures they are so that's nightwing from the animated series from the 90s that's a battle ring that's a gift so nightwing is my favorite character of all time and if you don't know who nightwing is you're wrong you actually do know who nightwing is nightwing is dick grayson he was the first robin who eventually grew up and became his own superhero. Now, his first costume was this horrible 70s big collar costume. And then he jumped to this weird one. And then this is kind of his curved one. And then my one of my other favorite characters, so Nightwing's my favorite character, and then Batman and Captain America are my second favorites. Nice. And then um, lastly, I know you guys have probably seen this. This is the poster for Mr. Miracle. It was a 12-issue miniseries about three or four years ago. And it's an amazing, amazing storyline about a character who I don't think had, had his own series in a long time. Um, but yeah, so I have all kinds of toys everywhere. And then more Captain America, but the kids' toys, and the new Captain America, which I cannot wait to see him in live action. Yes. Um, he finally appeared in something else. He was in two seconds of one of the episodes of the Moon Girl cartoon. So, okay. 
Okay. Yeah. There we go. I don't know if yeah, I have any more that I can show you. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie's going to play Captain America. Anthony Mackie is going to be Captain America. His new movie is called Captain America New World Order. So oh. I'm very, very excited about that. I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what he does. I, I, I cannot wait to see what, what his version of Captain America is like and how they, they kind of play in that world. Like that. Um, we're gonna dive back in. I got a few more questions. Do it. Um, the next question is, how do you define success? How do I define success? I define success by happiness. Because you know, if you're enjoying what you're doing and you're making enough money to do what you want to do, that's success. Because I see. A lot of people out there who make tons of money, but they're hating life. But I've also seen a lot, a lot of people where I'm like, you guys can barely scrape together, you know, food or, or money to do things, but they're happy to be together. And I think that that is, to me, success. I, you know, not to kind of circle back to it too much, but like, you know, I got to be, I was 36 years old before I got into a relationship that I was like, oh, wow, I'm actually want to really, really marry this person. Sorry, all my exes, but um, <laughs> I shouldn't be that way. But my point is, is like, is it was, I was knee deep and on the cusp, in my opinion, of probably doing something big with film. And the moment I married my wife and, and then spent time with her as a married man, it was so easy to be like, that was fun. I'm here with you now. I, I, don't, I don't care about that. And so that's why I've enjoyed the writing because the writing doesn't cost me any money. I can do it in the time when it doesn't take away from me being with my wife or my family. And, but yeah, to, to the success thing, it's just about happiness, man. Like if, if you're not happy, you can be as successful financially, physically, emotionally, but if you're not happy with your life and with the things you're doing, it it it, it doesn't it's not helpful, you know. Like it's, you know, there's a reason why everybody seems to go to therapy. <laughs> and I'm not knocking therapy. I've done it myself a little bit here and there. But I think that you know, there's more to life than spinning your wheels for financial gain. And there's more to life than just you know working. To your dream you can fulfill your dream but if you have nobody to share it with what is it matter? So. that's it love that great segue to this next question what's the best advice you can give someone thinking about starting a business or pursuing their dreams um okay which one starting a business or pursuing your dream it's two different things <laughs> let, let let me say this um from my experience with my work which i don't want to really get into exactly what i do is if you're going to start your own business there's a thing called operating capital and that means that you have money in the bank beyond what you're making daily because when something happens and it will and you don't get that next day of sales you don't get or something gets rejected or, or something happens and money's not deposited you don't want to be scrambling for money again you want operating capital you want anywhere from two to ten thousand dollars sitting in your bank so that when those things happen you don't get caught with your pants down um 
And then like, you know, the big thing is just make sure also is if you're going to start your own business, don't start your own business to give yourself a job. It, it, it's, you know, it's almost a reverse thing for me to say this. It's exactly why I didn't want to start my own combo company as an adult, because I was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start this combo company and then I'm going to have to go to at least every convention in Texas, which means I'm going to be gone at least one or two weekends every month. And it's going to cost me $300 to get there, $200 to stay the night, a, you know, $400 to get a table and I might make 50 bucks or I might make 800 like now you're just working and spinning your wheels to get your name out there. And who knows if you're actually going to get anything beyond that. So that's where yes. like with, with starting a business, like I've seen so many times, like, you know, Hey, I'm going to open a restaurant, but the, the location is horrible and the food is just like every other place around here. Well, no one's going to come, you know? So now you're just, you've just given yourself a job, but you're not making any money. And I'm not saying like that's happening, with everybody, but I think a lot of people don't consider what that means and then the other thing too is like starting a business is not you're not elon musk you're not going to start paypal and then suddenly you're a millionaire most businesses don't start making money till year four or five so keep that in mind when you open it when you start a business it's like you're not going to make any money for the first two or three know that be prepared for that again operating capital and know that you know when when you get to that year four or five, which usually is when you've paid off everything you bought to open the business, <laughs> now you're getting profit. So, and then what was the other question? I'm sorry. You, you done, that was fantastic. Fantastic. You answered that perfectly. And we're going to dive into the next few questions before we play Candy or Corn. Give me your favorite quotes and why. Um... I have two. Can I have two? Or do I just get one? Let me just get one because it's a writing quote. It's a writing quote. So I'm going to do that one. It's by Jack London. He says, you cannot wait for inspiration. You have to grab it by the throat. That's it. <laughs> and I, I, I've, yeah, you can't sit here and go like, man, and, it, and sometimes it's hard, you know, I'm I'm lucky because of the comic book companies I work for don't do monthly books that I've yet to have a deadline. But at the same time, like I give myself one, like, hey, I have a week to write this. Hey, I have a month to write this. Hey, I have a week or three days. And just getting into that mindset of like, yeah, it would be nice to spend five months trying to figure out what I'm going to write and then write it. Sometimes you mm -hmm. just you gotta just that that empty page on the screen is not going to fill itself. No, that so. that's the the trouble of being a writer. With being a writer, you cannot wait on inspiration, and then that writer's block would literally take you out. Yeah. So you have to be proactive in that. Like you literally have to go after it. It's part of the reason why I also started rewriting my scripts for my first books, just to kind of keep. The, the information fresh with me writing the third book in the series. So rewriting the first manuscripts kind of put me in the mode of, okay, I can find some new inspiration while I'm working out whatever kinks in these old manuscripts. Yeah. So you definitely hit that on the head. Can't wait for it. You got to go and get it because you'll be stuck. And, and also, like, your first stuff's going to suck. It's okay. <laughs> 
I, I, back when I was doing the film stuff, I think the biggest thing that helped me, there was two things. George Lucas said something and I thought was perfect. It was like, no film was ever done. They're just abandoned, which is really, but two is like every project, be it a film project, combo project, a writing project, you need to consider it R&D for the next one. Like this, this is research and development for the next time I'm gonna make sure the sound is right. The next time I'm not, not gonna break the line. The next time I'm gonna read the dialogue out loud so it doesn't sound like a bunch of idiots who are going, hey, how are you? I am good, how are you? Cool, let's fight crime. Like nobody talks like that, you know? So that, that's, that's been another thing for me is like, just consider everything research R&D for the next thing. And Got it. just keep going. Got it. I love that. Um, the next question is, tell me three things you like to see better in your community of Houston. Three things I like to see better in my community of Houston. Um, filmmakers, you don't know anything. Just have fun and let other people come onto your set who may know more than you and listen to them and, and open up. Um, look, Bruce Lee said, or is it Bruce Lee? Bruce Lee may have said it, or it's a, there's a Chinese proverb of like, a, a full cup can't be refilled. You, you gotta dump, like if you want really good coffee, you gotta dump out the old coffee and put something new in. Allow yourself to learn and take a critique. You know, um, one of the hardest things I ever had to do, or one of the things I always hate is when someone says, read my script and tell me what you think. And then like, giving them notes and they're like well this is why i did that i'm like no I, i'm not here to get an argument with you you ask me for input use that input on your next rewrite like i don't care about your <laughs> about your script or if you take any of my notes i'm not here to argue with you you asked what i thought and i told you and that's where for me like i, I like the worst thing i hate is if i hey read my script and then i get back dude that was really cool no it wasn't I know it's bad. Tell me what's wrong so I can fix it. I don't want you to tell me it's really cool. I want you to tell me all the crap that doesn't work so I can get in there and, and work it out some more. Um, and then what was, let's see, what was another thing? Is it advice? What about, I'm sorry, I like totally went off a tangent. <laughs> tell me three things you like to see better in your community. You just gave me the film thing. Um, you know, I think the other thing I would like to see is, um, look, count to three before you honk your horn at the person who hasn't gunned it at the green light. Their street light, not drag race activation cues. Relax. Three, three two, one, honk. Look, I may have been checking my phone, I also may have to pull my car out of park and put it in drive because I was trying not to let my car roll into traffic. Chill your tits, guys. The place is going to be there if I don't automatically gun it out of the game. Um, <laughs> that is one of those things I'm like, Arr! and then here's something. This may be calling out a couple people. If you see somebody you know walking down the street, Stop and go, hey man, you need a ride? Because <laughs> I remember one time, I didn't, I didn't have my license for a while, and I was walking, and I remember like later that day, somebody was like, hey, I saw you walking. And I was like, you know, 
this conversation could have been me thanking you for the ride. <laughs> I got to speak on that because I'm one of those people. If you see me in traffic and you see me walking, do not honk your horn at me. <laughs> Don't honk your horn at me. Yeah. Stop. And like, hey, you good? Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I might tell you I'm good. Yeah. But don't look your own. Oh, no. I had, I had a different buddy stop. Hey, you need a ride? I was like, no, I live around the corner. He's like, you sure? I'm like, bro. But like, I'm looking at my door. You're good. But yeah, I always crack up at that. Like, hey, I saw you walking down the street. Oh, really? Thanks. Hey, it's you. It's time. <laughs> Those are not friends. <laughs> Those are not your friends. If they see you walking down the street, they do not pull over. Yeah. I think that, that rounds out to just, just be good. Like, it costs you literally nothing to be nice. That's it. You know, I, I had to make a call to somebody, and, and the person, unfortunately, it wasn't working out very well in my favor. And I was like, ah! And the lady was like, I know it's our policy. And I was like, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. Like, there's no reason for me to yell at you. Like, it... You're literally probably getting paid ten dollars to answer the phone. Yelling at you is going to do zero to solve this problem. Let's have fun for the rest of this call. And I think it's too many people just get upset about themselves. So yeah, just be nice. Be nice. There you go. There you go. Got yeah. um, Final question, and then we're going to play candy or corn. Okay. What would be your wish for the next generation? Get your face out of your phone. We. I come from a time, oh, as an old man, like, there's so much going on around you. Look at it. Observe it. Have fun with it. If you're hanging out with your friends and you're texting each other memes, you're not hanging out with your friends. Save that for when you're bored in church and you want to text them a meme to make them laugh at an inappropriate time. Right. <laughs> but, no, I think that sometimes... Get out of your phones. Get out of technology. You know, uh, I, I'm guilty of it too. I said it before. Like, I'm a big movie buff. Like, I, like there's times when my wife is like, let's take the kids to the park. I'm like, that requires walking and, you know, being out. And she's like, yes, I know. And then we'll go. And it's just a wonderful time because we're not in front of the TV. We're interacting. We're talking. And I think that sometimes we miss that. We think messaging our friend through Facebook or um, <clears throat> or texting each other, or, you know, like, I have, I'm guilty of it, too. I have, like, four or five friends that all we do is shoot memes to each other, and maybe every eighth meme will be like, hey, you doing okay? You know, but other than that, we're just memeing each other to death. So I think, yeah, just call somebody and go to lunch. Put your phone down and have a lunch with somebody, you know? This is the thing. This is the other thing with that. We'll be kicking it with our friends. And we'll be texting them while we're sitting there with them. Yeah. And it's not a secret that you could say out loud. You know, you text secrets. Like, can you believe what this girl is wearing? This is ridiculous. You know, <laughs> we do that because it's like we don't want them to hear what we're saying. Yeah. So we'll text them what we're saying. But yeah, I, I, that, that, that's my just, just get out. Get out of that. Get out of the thing. And okay, this is, I'm, I'm going to really put it out there. Social anxiety is not a mental disorder. You're just nervous. You know why you're nervous? Because you've never been there before. That, that's just being nervous. You're fine. You're fine. Don't... It looks like...
my guest just fell off the call. His device probably died. So we're going to give him a second, see if he's going to be able to get back in here. So y'all just hang tight. See, like we just had a little glitch. That may have been my battle. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's, um, it's okay. And it's okay. Like, I'm not trying to, please don't take it as I'm downplaying mental health. My point is, like, it's okay to be nervous. Just go out there. Just, just push through. Sometimes if you push through it, it's okay. And sometimes it's not, you, you can't, and I understand. If you truly need help, give it. We work out at the gym. We bike ride. We do cardio. We take care of our body. It is completely okay to take care of your mental health, but don't default to I have a mental health problem because I got nervous going to that party that I didn't know anybody. We all get nervous in that situation because we don't know anybody at the party. That's not a mental disorder. That's just being nervous. That's totally natural. Um, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a people person, so I know how to to go in the room and have fun but you definitely can spot the people who don't know how to be themselves well, in the room do you remember what i said to you when you first joined that call no i don't you joined the call and i was like dude it's been a while huh and you were like uh yes yeah. and then after a few moments you were like i don't know you and i was like no you don't that's my favorite icebreaker you know. it, it was a perfect icebreaker because no one knew each other on that particular call that day. So when you said it, it was like. <laughs> and then when okay. people later come in and I do it again, now the people that are there are in on the joke and they're watching what that person does on this situation because they were like, how did I handle that? Not like that dude. <laughs> yeah. It was it was fun because it was a, something new for me, even as a person coming into something that was new. It's like okay, somebody else who knows how to break tension. Yeah, and you got who knows. I, I am I, I am an extreme extrovert, so I have no problem just messing with people. I love that. I love it. So now we're going to dive into my favorite part of this show. It's called Candy or Corn. Okay, I'm going to ask you about these candies. If you would eat these candies, you can say candy. If you would not eat these candies, you can say corn. And I want to invite everybody at home who's watching. Y'all can also play along with us. If you're liking these candies, put your comments down in the comment section. Are you ready, Mr. Matthew? Let's do it. Let's see what happens. Now, right. hold on, wait, wait. First candy. What kind of corn? Because I may, like, sacrifice for the candy if it's, like, some really crappy corn. Like, I don't want no cream corn. Is it, like, really fresh corn of the cob with butter and Tony's all over it? Whatever corn you desire, okay. friend. That's the corn I'm going Whatever with. You All right. First candy up. York's peppermint patty. The patties. Next candy is 100 grand. Oh, definitely. Is it the big ones or the little ones? Either or. Okay. The, the, the candy still. Snickers. Always Snickers. Before anything but spaghetti. M&M's. Uh, yeah, maybe the corn. <laughs> All right. All right. Mike and Ike's. Yeah, the corn. Lemon heads. The corn, for 
for sure. Those things are gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Twix. Twix. The candy. Skittles. The candy. Sour Patch Kids. Ooh, the corn. The corn. And the final candy is... Candy corn. Oh, corn. Always corn. <laughs> candy, candy corn is the only candy I've ever seen that is just made for arts and crafts. <laughs> they are really good for gingerbread houses. For making little men, hats on little men. Like, I don't know why anybody would eat candy corn intentionally. <laughs> Shout out to all the candy corn eaters. This. <laughs> oh, that's candy corn. Thanks for playing. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. All right. So. Matthew, tell people about your comic. How can they find your comic and about um, how can they find you if they sure. want to find you? Can, the comic itself is called uh, Grok Universe Comics. That's G-R-O-K with an exclamation point. The website is tribulationtaskforce.com. You can buy the books there. There are also a couple of Kickstarters at Indiegogo's that are going on that you can find the links there. There's also a Facebook group. Let me get you that Facebook group real quick. Do, 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 do. Make sure I've got it right. It is facebook.com slash group slash. Oh, it's all numbers. Just look at Grok Universe Comics. I will send the link. And you can go there and look at cover like covers, character drawings. And there's also a link to the Indiegogo there as well. Um, and then if you look up Apogee Comics, A-P-O-G-E-E.com, or Apogee on Facebook, they've got theirs. Aspire, A-S-P-Y-R-E, Aspire Comics is on Facebook as well. You can go to my own one that has the stuff from five years ago, Pharaoh Comics. Um, or you can find me. Um, I also do a podcast called We Are the Batman. And you can find that. It's, there's a Twitter, We Are the Batman. Uh, on Twitter, you can find my group at www.facebook.com slash group slash Fanboy Junction with a K. Fanboy Junction was a podcast I did a long time ago. We Are With The Batman is now in there. You can also find me on Twitter at Mr. J Ninja, just the letter J. Um, okay. Come at me. With, if you want to fight with me about my opinions on movies and comics, or you just want to like tell me jokes, or you want to get on my meme chain, let me know. We'll we'll go on that. I'll share some arts and crafts for candy corn if you want. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's probably all my socials. And then, like honestly, what what am I on Facebook? Oh my gosh, I think I'm just my name. Yeah, Facebook.com/slash Matthew Hasso. J A S S O is the easiest way to find me. Um, and I'm always good down to talk about movies and comics and anything else. You just just kind of come and play and. And I'm always around to have fun if, you, if if you're down to have fun. Yeah. Hey, so your podcast, loving the title already because I'm a Batman buff and I'm a Batman fan. So when you want to invite me to do your show, 
we we were we keep talking about getting some guests on. We um we are about to actually not this Friday, but next Friday begins our dive into the live action films. So the last Friday of every month, we will be discussing live action Batman movies. And due to a voters poll, we are now we're going to start with Batman 66. Because we weren't sure anybody cared about Batman 66. But the voters called it and we will be talking about Batman 66 next Friday on our podcast. Oh, oh so. my God. Okay. So yeah. Now, I don't have any of the, 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 the older Batman films. I don't have the older ones. But what I will do is I'll watch the new Batman films and I'll just talk like I know what I'm talking about. But I definitely do your show. It, it, it was interesting because I, I actually hadn't seen that movie in decades and then watched it and was like this isn't as much crap as i thought it was going to be i mean it's it is what it is like it's kind of interesting to me i always crack up when people go like oh it's not batman I'm like no that, that's what batman was like in the 60s like go read those comics that was definitely what he was like so yeah and yes uh i'll send you a link i'll put the links on the, i'll send it to, to derek and you can send it to everybody yes or if you find me on twitter it's on there as well I gotta say that they had to ask this real quick before we go. Um, with the new Batman film with Robert Patterson, did you see that one? Oh yes, I did. What were your thoughts? Um, I thought that Robert Pattinson, even though I don't think he's the best actor to portray Batman, he is the only actor who I've ever seen actually be able to put a performance through the cowl, and I thought thought that seeing him do that and see finally seeing Batman actually working with the cops respectfully and, and, and working with them and treating them as equals, unlike the you know the early ones where it was like they're just bumbling. I hearken back to the 90s comics, which is my heyday of comics. So I really, really liked the movie. Thought it was a little too long. Like it wasn't horribly long, but it was definitely one of those times of like Oh, we have more movie. Well, I like this world. I'm cool. But I thought he was fantastic. His Bruce Wayne was weird, but it's the first movie. I always say, let's give him two or three. Let's give him another film, see if he develops the Bruce Wayne thing. But I, I, I really liked it. I'm looking forward to the next one. The Penguin yes. show looks like it's going to be interesting. I, I really, the problem I have with the length is more about like, a, from a writing standpoint, I think you could have trimmed that storyline down, but somebody got paid a lot of money to write that and make that, and it wasn't me, so I don't know what I'm talking about. I, I don't have anything negative to say because, again, I'm a Batman fan, and I would not go against the Batman brand. So, um, what I'm going to say to end this conversation is Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman. I thought she was fantastic as Cowboy. I thought every performance in that movie was fantastic. If you had told me, oh my gosh, his name's escaping me. Oh, John, if you told me John Turturro was going to be the standout villain performance, I'd have been like, no, no. But like, it was, he was fantastic. Everybody was fantastic. Like I said, it, I can't say it was too long it just was like okay i guess we're going here but i i really did enjoy it a lot yes yes well matthew 
Hasso, thank you for coming back for a little tea time tonight. I have enjoyed you. My viewers at home are also enjoying you tonight. So you got a lot of love coming in here. I want to thank you again for coming by tonight. Um, I don't want to hold you up because I know you got to get home to your family. So go and enjoy your night with your family. Thank you again for coming through. And um, when you're ready for me to come do your podcast, I'm definitely around. Hey, man, I will definitely let you know. And I really do appreciate you having me on your show. I'm sorry I was drinking coffee instead of tea. No, you're okay. But you're that's okay. Got to Even at 8.30 at night, I'm drinking coffee. But uh, it was a blast. I really do appreciate your, your time. You're letting me be open. And you're letting me rant way longer than I probably should have on some of your questions. <laughs> you're great. You're great. Thank you. It's been fantastic. And it's so good to catch up with you. Yes, definitely, sir. You take care. Yes, sir. You as well. Have a great night. Bye, everybody. Thanks for uh, listening to me rant. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So that is a little tea time tonight with Mr. Matthew. So thank y'all for tuning in tonight. I appreciate everyone for taking out your time and hanging out with me tonight with me and my guests. So y'all know I have to spill my tea before I go. So of course y'all know what tomorrow is. Tomorrow's 420. So to all of the smokers, if y'all gonna celebrate and partake in 420 tomorrow, have fun for me. Um, be safe. Stock up on snacks if you have not already got your snacks yet because you may not want to move around more and um hey partake for me right love you guys for that uh also 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 mm -hmm. coming up we got a few more interviews um are coming up as well um we also have more events coming up here in the city so shreveport 422 her day celebration is going on outdoor cleanup it's going to start at 11 a.m to 12 noon, and the meeting place is at the Corner Lounge at 800 Louisiana Avenue. So you guys feel free to get out there for the Earth Day coming up on 4-22. That's this weekend, right? Also, 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 as a reminder, got to continue to send shout-outs to Shana Renee, Scooter Man, and Shana D Music, who are gearing up for Smoking Aces dropping May the 11th and 12th. That's going to be their play that they're going to be premiering at the East Bank Theater. So do not, do not, do not miss it. Get your tickets so you guys can be in the place for that. And shout outs to them. Also happening May the 2nd, the Shreveport Green Give for Good with special guests. The Renzi Center will be at the 7th tap from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. So feel free to go out there and show them some support and show them some love. Also, 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 I have to give a shout out to Mr. Jerome Atkins of the founder of Greenbrook Love Day. He is having his next event May the 27th at 8 a.m. And it is um, the Greenbrook Love Day celebration honoring Mr. Jerome Atkins, host by Kelvin chairman wesley so do not do not do not miss that event you guys and that is my show for tonight i am about to um go and have some fun and hang out with my fam but before i go y'all know i have to promote these books so coming full circle the revised edition coming 
Full Circle 2, Marriage, Money, and Mayhem. The Confessions of a Conceited Drama King are sold out on hand, but they are available on Amazon.com. Quarantine Quest, my news project, available right now. And Catching Up With Me, another one of my projects that are all available right now. You can check them out at Agora Borealis at 421 Lake Street, downtown Shreveport, and at Amazon.com. Just type search Jarius Dion, that's J-R-A-Y-I-S, Dion, D-E-Y-O-N-D, and get into it. And thank you to all of my royalty readers and all of my team timers who support the books and who also support shows. You can also, also, also check out A Little Tea Time on YouTube at Jared with A Little Tea Time and over at Spotify with A Little Tea Time as well. Uh, also, check out Grade A Grub, which is also available on YouTube if y'all have not yet checked out Grade A Grub. And as I say after every single show, you matter. Let's build and go higher report. And remember to be great on purpose and not by accident. The future is now. I am Jarek, a.k.a. Jarius D., your host of A Little Tea Time and your favorite published author's favorite published author. Until the next episode of A Little Tea Time, you guys be great. Stay well. All right. Love y'all out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see everybody out there. I just need it. I love that. I love you too. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. Hi, Mom. I love you. Good night.